You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 10. Scramble. Gabriella, Day 4 of Frigga, Midwinterfall, 1884. Shortly thereafter, Penny was wearing a crown and demonstrating the flexing of a right arm fastened to a bracket on a workbench, and a waggling of the fingers on its robotic hand, explaining, much as she had done to Corin and dozens of others, how the mind would find each crystal and treat them like extensions of its own central nervous system. May I try? Penny paused, took the crown from over her left ear, and rather than simply handing it to Harry, she leaned in, smoothed back rivulets of curled hair, and slipped the silver tiara gently down over the young woman's head. Their eyes began to wander now. Penny had accepted on one level that she liked and wished to be friends with this curious, intense humanoid with the rounded ears. Everything else beyond that was untenable. She was married. This was a stranger, an outsider, and another species. Everything Penny might want or desire was wrapped in paper and placed in an internal treasure box, not unlike the one she had adorned with seashells and glitter. No, a plain chest would do for this. It was simply a matter of self-control and what was appropriate. She closed the lid of the plain box and fastened it. Now, she and this lady were simply client and provider, with a window open for perhaps being friends in the future, should she wish to stick around and explore the city of Gabriella, and wouldn't that be wonderful if she did? No, it would merely be pleasant and appropriate. Wonderful could go in the plain box. Penny's fingertips had just brushed Harry's cheek and Harry put up her hand to grasp at the tiara, gently pinning Penny's own in place, as the standard, completely regular and normal sensation of shuddering connection was made. With the tiara, of course. It was all those crystals along the arm and along the fingers that Harriet would be feeling now. The robotic arm spasmed in its bracketed cradle as Harry released Penny's hand and began to control the new one. Oh God, oh, oh, oh God, I, I can, I can feel it. This, this is amazing. Penny felt her relation sharply, saw Truth watching with a mixture of worry and excitement and began to shake herself. Adrenaline bursts had to be overcome. The mechanical arm thrashed about and went haywire as Harry's emotions overtook her coordination. Cal and Truth stood well back as Penny sidestepped towards Harry's chair, leaned in and said in a low voice, close to her right ear, Harry jolted and their eyes met once more. The arm dropped and hung before picking itself up again as Harry gingerly reached up and flexed the fingers, turning the wrist. Penny moved out of the way as Harry edged her chair forward, cycling the wheel around with her left hand as she neared the active prosthetic. The yellow gems glowed. Careful. Harry arched up from her perch, leaning forward as far as she could go, and reaching out to meet the mechanical right hand with her own warm palm. To cool. It's just... me. Woman and machine hung like that for a moment. Penny saw Truth now biting back tears, and wiped away one of her own. Harriet was a natural to synthesis, that much was for sure. Let's try her with some legs then. Maybe we should let her rest for a bit. 
You started this. I want to see how everything works. A smile had broken out across Harry's face, and Penny wanted it to remain there, so she capitulated. All right, then we'd better go into the next room. It has a padded floor and none of these benches to bang into. As the others filed through the doorway, Penny replaced the dull wood calves in the corner and went to select a pair of ivory ones with far more complex foot rigs. She unhooked these and carried them into the next room. Harry clocked this sight and shifted in her chair, glancing down at her own denim-clad thighs. You're going to need to lose those jeans, young miss. Cal was leaning back against the wall, arms folded, regarding Harry, now in a manner that Penny wasn't entirely comfortable with. Um, she's right. They have to affix to your knees. They're adjustable, but there are absorbent stockings you'll need to slip on. This percolated for a moment. I can arrange a modesty screen, if you'd like. No, it's fine. Harry gazed at the new legs hungrily. I'll just need some help. Truth moved in, and with some difficulty the pair of them got Harry out of her chair and onto the padded floor, where she lay on her back. They fumbled with the jeans for a moment, and Harry's legs were soon bare. She did not look down at where they ended, but stared up at the ceiling and its white lights. Okay. Put them on me. Penny moved in as Truth stepped away. Harry obligingly offered her right leg, and Penny worked it into the holster. This happened slowly and awkwardly at first, but after tightening it into place, Harry was looking at her again. That's one. She obligingly lifted her left leg, and Penny made contact this time, resting her fingertips on the underside to better position it for the other holster. Harry's skin was warm and trembled at her touch. Over those few minutes, Harry lay bare and vulnerable, and Penny administered to her tasks with gentle diligence and as much professionalism as she could muster. She finished off by laying an ivory tiara across Harry's forehead before backing up to kneel to one side of her. First things first, wiggle your big toe. Harry, from where she lay, looked down her body across her withered thighs and their abrupt terminations, now leading down to the strange cream calves and unfamiliar feet. The organization of mechanical phalanges were in shapes that did not entirely resemble toes, certainly not hers. They were more like asymmetrical diamonds. They were spellbinding. Harry was flooded with a single overriding thought that was not frightening, but did keep catching her off guard. Part of me, part of me is now engineered. Part of me is now engineered. She drifted. She was in her forest, then on the meadow. In the far-off distance, the wooden stockade of Green Hollow lay. She did not wish to enter. This was a time before she had disappeared inside that cursed place a time when she still felt whole. Faintly, she heard Truth explaining about her mental state of prolonged slumberous concentration. This was unusual. She didn't often feel the passage of time on the outside at the same pace as inside. Then she realized she was not alone. A pair of beautiful green eyes had materialized over to her right. They were inset in a pale, clever face with unusual, alluring, mint-green lipstick. The visage was framed with blonde hair, culminating in a gradient of green shades. 
Fascinating clothing with fastenings and pockets, the same ivory as these new legs. Having her in here felt safe and thrilling. The newcomer spoke again, her voice sweet and deep and gentle. Wiggle your big toe. Harry looked down at the extremity in the far away realms beneath her knees. That was her new toe, she told herself. It would do as it was asked. The toe twitched. Harry's emotions leapt, but she was ready for them. The voice spoke again. And she was once more in that room, the padded floor against her back, lightly dampened with her sweat. She stopped looking down and felt all of the toes wiggling as the crystals glowed. They were hers. <laughs> oh, God. Harry gasped as Penny laughed in delight. Pull up. Let's see if she can walk. We have to be careful. These are new and we need a lot more testing. There's a lot of movement she'll need to relearn when it comes to walking. But you planned for it or we wouldn't be in here. Let her try. Harriet, what do you think? Harry. Call me Harry. All right. And I suppose you can call me Penny. Call her doctor. I'm not a doctor yet. Penny will do fine. Penny, then. And, um, I want to try. Okay. Let me help you. Penny leaned over and crouched as Harry wrapped her arms around the medical engineer's shoulders. They braced against one another and hauled until Harry was standing upright, leaning against Penny. Oh, hell. This is weird. I can feel my lower legs again, but but only parts of them. It's, it's like... It's like I've got pins and needles. Only it doesn't hurt. Most people fall over as soon as they let go of here. Can you carry on holding on to me for support and just attempt to stand for a while? I can damn well try. Harry was momentarily uncertain where she was getting these words until Abigail's face flitted through her consciousness. Just the thought of her friend now lost through one of the portals threatened to cloak Harry's mind in sadness, despair and anger once again, and her knees buckled. But Penny had her, and Harry shifted to reclaim a standing position. So, in theory, I can... I can just walk forward, like I would have done last year. Don't attempt that yet. It's simply a matter of realigning my own reactions based on these new mechanics. That's right, but... And they're strong. They'll support my weight. Your weight, yes. Penny corrected. What if I'm angry? That's going to complicate things. What if the anger helps me move? It's been known to... And before she could hold her back, Harry had lurched out of Penny's arms and flung herself forward across the long room. Her new feet pounded down over the padding as she clumsily careened sideways and then forwards once more. Harry! Truth shrieked as Penny gave chase and the far wall drew closer. I'm fine! Let me go! Harry shouted as she sprinted ahead. She was on a collision course. Her eyes fixed on the handrail at waist height as it rushed towards her. Harry stumbled as the toes of one foot abruptly snapped into a right angle. The limb would not work as intended for the last few steps, but she adjusted and thrust the ball of her new heel down for balance. The toes splayed outwards at crazed angles. The next two steps were uneven and she was falling, but she flung both hands out and her fingers found the rail, becoming a fulcrum. Harry turned her body 
Her ribcage slammed into the lower wall as Penny dove to prevent her collapsing and crashing down. The physical jolt shocked Harry as much as falling from her bed had done, but now she felt the shape of her new stature. Her eyes were wide, her chest rose and fell frantically, and she found herself laughing with fierce joy. <laughs> oh my God. I did it! I did it! She bellowed to Truth, to Calendula, to anyone in the world who would listen. And then she became aware of Penny holding her, guarding and supporting. And Harry began to shake and tremble as waves of mixed and blended emotion coursed through her, half laughing, half crying. She blustered to the woman in green. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> the Elaine rubbed her arm reassuringly as Harry released her grip on the handrail and lowered her weight to sit on the ground. Truth approached cautiously. You have to do as you're told, Harry. Her sister commanded. You could badly hurt yourself in ways nobody can fix. I'll do as I'm told. Harry said dutifully, not believing the words, simply uttering them as bidden, because it was what Truth needed to hear at this time. She couldn't look at Penny. Her feelings there were now so complicated, she did not know how to separate them. Focus on the legs. This shifted into a new thought, one she had rarely had to address, considering her sheltered upbringing, but had learned more about on her only other fateful excursion beyond the District of Columbia. How am I able to repay you for these? Well now, that's part of a series of ongoing arrangements. When you get up beyond a certain level, money doesn't really matter. A lot of your people are helping a lot of our people, and it was decided that you, young lady, would make an excellent demonstration model for what we can do in this medical science field. So don't worry about payment. You just work things out with Dr. Penny here, and we'll come to some kind of mutually beneficial arrangement over time, I'm sure. That's immensely kind of you, said Truth. We're happy to help. But your sister is right. You need to take this training wheels period slowly and carefully. We don't want you damaging your body any further. Penny, where should we luncheon with these two? Should we order in, or do you think circumstances would be propitious to eat out? The medical engineer let go of Harry and went to stand beside her wife, bowing her head awkwardly, her curiosity greatly aroused despite her shame. Whatever you want. Cal looked down at Harry. You are hungry, aren't you? She nodded fervently. I'm ravenous. You have been listening to episode 10 of Stone Spring Maidens, Scramble, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Truth Arlington and Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Calendula Renwick, performed by Sharon Shaw. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Flare, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. 
Pan Gaia, performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes, including Elven Glade by Tabletop Audio. And the New Century Multiverse is now part of Fireside Alliance, a progressive community of progressive communities. Come find us at firesidealliance.com and come say hi on the Discord. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the two newest, Panthersoul and Nightfall of the Wendigo. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns.